On this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock, we talk about the Twitter takeover that has taken over the internet news. New customers, who dis? New customer acquisition goals arrive for Pmax. We have everything that you need to know now that everyone will have their paws all over the extension upgrades this weekend. All on today's show. Welcome, you are listening to Welcome. Marketing O'Clock. Just stay tuned. Digital marketing news, but let's get specific. Digital ads, SEO, and analytics, social media, and more. Pretty much everything that'll make your website perform. With new shows every Friday. Every Friday. We give you the news with sass and puns and definitely high takes. Thank you for tuning in. You know what time it is. It's officially marketing o'clock. Settle in, sit back, keep it locked. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernhell. AKA Shep. I'm Nicole Waddington. And I'm Greg Finn. And it's officially marketing o'clock. Here on April 29th, 2022. Hello, everybody. I had another wonderful weekend. Thanks for joining us for another episode. Watched a couple movies this weekend, and you just can't avoid the rats. You can't <laughs> avoid them in Shrek the Fourth, and you certainly can't avoid them in the new Batman movie with my boyfriend, Rob Pattinson. I don't know who needs to hear this, but your movie does not need a rat, okay? It doesn't. Every single movie has rats. Not Ratatouille. Okay. What's going on with you, Nicole? <laughs> it's good to see you. You haven't been here in a while. I know. It's been like a month and a half. I see you every day, so I forget. I'm one of the lucky ones. <laughs> but we're happy to have you on the show this week. It's good to be back. What's new with you? So I have been living in the same apartment complex for the past nine months. And I thought it was pretty normal. You know, you have your characters. But last week, there was an ambulance. And, you know, I will say that the ambulance came more frequently than I'd assume ambulance come to other people's neighbors' houses. And there was a neighbor that lives above me that was screaming profanities and getting carried off on the stretcher into an ambulance. She not did not want to go. Not More than once? Well, this was the first time I was home to witness this. It's like 10 o'clock at night. And then the next day, I meet a neighbor who lives in the complex as well, and she has all the gossip about this. So apparently, the lady who is carried away on a stretcher, it happens more than once, and she does it because she's threatening my next-door neighbor with a knife. What? <gasps> and it's all this drama, and apparently some people are getting kicked out of the building. Other people are going to have to move to another building that these landlords own because they can't live at peace with the other neighbors. Why don't they just kick out the lady who's threatening someone with a knife? What kind of knife is it? I'm not sure. <laughs> and I kind of want to ask my other neighbor. Wait, so you don't know the person that she's threatening with the knife? I do. She's very friendly. She lives right <laughs> next to me. And the but I don't is, know the person who's threatening. Do you know why? Person. I don't know. I learned about I this. Know. And the funniest thing is, I was like, Nicole, you got to get out of there. Nicole's like, well, honestly, like, I don't have that much more entertaining things than this. What was exactly you said? You said it keeps like, my life spicy. Keeps your life spicy. So you've only seen it once. I've it only seen it once, times. but I've seen ambulances before. Maybe she just wasn't screaming against her will at that point. That is. You got to get out of there. Yeah. Mean it's a building. Place. Like these are units people are in. Yeah. It's so she's like marching across the hall. Um, we don't have, a, we don't share a hall. But 
it's like next door. We all have separate entrances. I'm really scared for your safety. <laughs> Maybe That's she what needs, everyone says. Do you need an knife? everyday carry knife. I can yeah. make you a knife. Maybe. To protect yourself. <laughs> okay, we'll get we'll have to get an update the next time you're on the show. That is nuts. Greg, what's up with you? All right. As you heard last week, I was it was Thursday night and my my two little oompa loompas were getting ready for the big performance yes. for Friday. And we we're going to bed and everybody had their pajamas on. And we hear this chirp, and it's like the the fire alarm chirp. I'm like, oh, man, I'm just going to take care of this quick. Whatever. So I go take the carbon monoxide fire or smoke detector off off the wall, and I just throw it in the garbage, right? I order a new one. Safety. I have met, I have a ton of fire <laughs> smoke alarms. Okay. The thing's still chirping. So I'm like, oh, my God. I go, and it's not one of the new 10-year, like, lithium mm-hmm. ones. So I go, and I t- try to take the batteries out, but it's like a hybrid one where the batteries are inside of it, but there's not a disconnect button. And I've installed probably 20 smoke detectors in the past four years. I know how they work. So I'm like, oh, my God. So I break the thing open, and I rip this one little part off on it, and I just throw it back in the garbage. I'm like, all right, now, kids, go to bed. I hear the thing chirp again, and we're like, Going around, we're like, maybe it's a different one. So we're running around the house looking for it. No, it's that one again. So there's this other little battery thing in there. And my wife is out with her friends at a bar somewhere. And so I'm like, all right, I'm in my pajamas. I don't have my EDC on me. I don't have my pliers, my handy pliers I use all the time. Just take something out. I'm just going to rip the battery. This other thing looks like a battery out and be on my way. Get the kids to bed early. I'm scared. I rip the battery out in the metal piece comes right with it and sinks into the middle of my finger deep down and like you you can like feel that like the warm heat of how far down it went into there and i'm like good under pressure so i'm like shoot and the kids are right there the kids are right there (laughs) two seven-year-olds and my wife is gone and i'm like this is bad right and like i i make knives i cut myself all the time but i cut myself in the stupid smoke detector so I push it together quick, and I'm like, I could like see into the cut. Like that's how big it was. So I'm like, shoot! I push it together. I get the bleeding like pretty stopped because I'm just mashing it together. And I put a bandaid on, and I get I call my wife home right, and get the, get the kids about it. It was just blood everywhere. So my wife comes home, and I have like it all laid out. This is also like an indicative of the health system here in the U.S. My plan is I'm going to take this thing off. And as long as my finger isn't like dangling around, I'm going to super glue it back together oh my God. and just go to bed. Mm-hmm. I take it off with my wife. There is no way you can super glue this thing together. If you want to see it, you can click on the don't click this there. That's Friday night. This is Thursday Friday, night. Thursday night. And again, the kids have a big day tomorrow, the next day. So I... This is my finger. It's like That's scared. really deep. Mm-hmm. I can't believe you haven't told us this yet. Right. <gasps> Real bad. <laughs> and so um, I start calling around urgent cares. And I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. can I get in here? I, I, I got to wait for my wife to get home. I could be there like 930. They're like, oh, we, we're not going to be able to fit you in. We're not going to be able to fit you in. So I'm like, shoot, what do I do? And I'm like, I should go to the emergency room. Or like maybe just sleep on it and take care of it in the morning. You know, go to urgent care. So I just wrapped it up real tight and slept on it and went to the urgent care the next morning. And the lady's like, what are you doing? Like, why did you, why did you do this? You have to get it taken care of like immediately within like six hours. I'm like, yeah, I just didn't know if it was like an emergency or not. Oh my God. I had to get four stitches 
And she's like, this is like really bad. It started healing, so she had to rip it back open, mm. and which was not fun, and like clean it all out again and mm. put it all back. The iodine? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's it. And there you go. I got four stitches. How have I not finger. noticed it? I don't know. And then, but I got it taken care of at 8 a.m. I was waiting outside line for this urgent care. I was the first one in. Mm-hmm. I got in. I got out. I made it to my 10 o'clock the next day. And I have, yeah, I've got Frankenfinger now all the way around from a fire or smoke detector. Mm-hmm. Like I make knives. I blacksmith. And this That's is the thing that finally got me is a piece of metal in a smoke detector. Well, was your tetanus shop up to date? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I put a, a fence through my hand. <laughs> <laughs> like I put a fence right through my hand the other day. Oh, like, I think three that we talked ago. about that. Yeah. Oh, no. Three weeks ago? We talked about that years ago. Oh, no, three ago, months ago. Sorry. Okay. Three, months, mm-hmm. three years ago. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, back in <laughs> blogging with my finger dangling off uh, a day later, so it's it's all good here. Oh my god! Pretty eventful, and and the play was great. So, yes, I would have loved to see the play. And we'll put that up. We probably should have said ahead of time. We'll put it up right here. If you want to see what the finger looks like, there's gonna be a picture of it right now. If you don't want to see it, just close your eyes for like a second, and you'll miss it. Okay. But here it is. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do? Would you go into the emergency room with it? Yeah. Okay. Would you? Well, Mm, I probably would have waited. I would have called all the urgent cares and found somewhere that would have taken I did. They were like, they weren't, they're, they're not, they don't like like doing work, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that was a terrible story. Why don't you lift us up a little bit? Let us know how we can help Ukraine. Okay. I didn't see this the first time it came out, but over on Search Engine Land, I don't think we covered this before. I'm not sure. Danny Goodwin back in March had help for Ukraine SEOs and PPC specialists seeking work. It's a great article that has a bunch of links that if you're looking for a job or gig from Ukraine, there were 90 search marketers that added about um, specializations and skills so you can go help them out. And if you're looking for a freelancer, that might be a great place to start, somebody that might really be able to use that money. So thank you to Search Engine Land and Danny Goodwin. Don't miss it. Wonderful. Well, getting into the news this week. There was a big performance max update from Google Ads as reported by Greg Finn for Search Engine Land. This is a temporary gig, right? Yes, it's temporary. Because it's getting old every time being like, it was Greg. (laughs) No, I just help it out. Yes. This is another article written by Greg this week. So Google announced that the new customer acquisition goal is now compatible with performance max in Google Ads, which is amazing news for people because we have basically no control right now. And we don't know how much of that traffic is remarketing. And this is going to help with that a little bit. So advertisers now have the ability to use your data to help Google identify and serve to new customers in the form of the customer of customer match lists or conversion tags for people who have made a purchase. Or you can opt for the auto detection method. This new auto detection is a performance in performance max includes the Google detected purchase conversion tracking previously seen in smart shopping. Plus they quote, have also built new machine learning modeling to predict how likely a user is to be new versus existing customer for an advertiser to make up for low match rates. I had to read that directly because we really don't know what that means at all. (laughs) We we don't. (laughs) And then there's a very big disclaimer here that this does not guarantee that you won't be doing remarketing You probably still are. Instead, Google will just work to find users that are new customers. You still can't negate that traffic entirely. And I feel like a very easy way to avoid 
Existing customers would just be to let everyone add negative keyword lists with their brand terms. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the big issue is like a lot of those match rates have to be pretty impeccable to work well. And one of the big issues is it's fine for retail many of the times, but if you're doing anything B2B, there is generally a much lower match rate because B2B folks might be using their business email to mm-hmm. download something or to for their, you know, for their account. And then it, it, it just might not have a Google account there that can be unmatched you know, so yeah, it's, not so it's better than what we had before. And I don't want to be ungrateful. I just wish we could do like audience. Exclusions. I, I, I agree. <laughs> it's, it's a nice feature for a fundamentally flawed campaign type. Yeah. And we are also getting new additions to the insights page within Pmax. So they have asset audience insights. These insights will help advertisers see how text images and video assets quote resonate with specific customer segments. That's really all we know right now until we see it in our accounts. No more news on that. And However, then, you can't target those segments. Yeah, so what's the point? I don't know. I guess you could <laughs> use it in other campaigns. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's like you can see this stuff and it's like, oh, this works really good here. Oh, this other image works really good there. All right. <laughs> I can't segment that. I'm like, why are you doing this to me? It's like torture. Yeah. I've never really found much useful information on the insights Mm -hmm. page. So I'm just not optimistic (laughs) about this either. Um, So then they also have diagnostic insights. These are um, intended to help you identify, quote, setup issues that may be hindering performance. I just feel like all it's going to say is raise your budgets, right? Like what setup (laughs) issues? There's nothing to set up. I lay at night thinking about the fact that there's a raise your budgets, but no lower your budgets. (laughs) It's it's, all it's going to say is raise your budgets. What else are you setting up? I think it might say, hey, like you should have a video or something like that. Again, it's not going to stop it from showing. The PMAX campaigns, as we've talked about with Queen Jill Sask and Gales many times, or at least her <laughs> example, they're, they're very, very strange. Like nothing will happen, and then things will just start ha- are happening. So at least you might be able to, with this diagnostic tool, be like, oh, it's not anything with the setup. It's just Google Performance Max being Performance Max and not being a good campaign type. And it just needs time to go for it. I don't know. Okay. And last but not least, the one-click upgrade is finally rolling out. I was so weary of this because one-click and everything, that sounds terrible to me. But I didn't think about the fact that it's going to keep the previous learnings from your old campaign. So now I might be a little bit more inclined if you're trying, if you have a smart shopping or local campaign that's going to have to become Pmax anyway. Maybe you could try it and just double and triple and quadruple check all your settings. Be careful. Could ramp up faster. Yeah. Just be careful, everybody. That's the only advice I have for Pmax. And one other thing with this too. Sorry to steal your story. but oh, You wrote it. I keep wondering like why I'm reporting the stories I that you write. I, wrote, I know. Um, is there's the three different ways that they're going to try to detect customers. You didn't cover that fully, right? I quickly, I, yeah. I, yeah, so there's the, e- the customer match list, which is email, first name, phone number, last name, whatever. And then there's... Conversion tags. Conversion tags. Mm-hmm. And then there's something called auto detection, which was new to me. Yeah, that's I read that quote. Right. And so it's just, cl- to be clear, there's something called Google Detected that is available currently with Smart Shopping. This is not that. Google Detected and Smart Shopping, I don't know why they come up with all these names that are so similar. That is using basically those conversion tags, and it's just called Google Detected. This uses those conversion tags, 
and uses machine learning to try to guess who is an actual customer currently and who's not. So it adds another new layer that is a little bit different than smart shopping. So if you think it's the same, it's not. It's something new, not a ton of information on it, but it's called auto detection. Wouldn't it be easier to just let us exclude audiences? No. Okay. What else is happening, Nicole? So in social news, what everyone can't stop talking about, the board of Twitter has agreed to a $44 billion takeover by Elon Musk. So two weeks ago, Elon Musk put his bid in for Twitter, which was initially rebuffed and Twitter execs threatened to dilute the shareholdings of anyone who bought more than 15% stake in the company. But after Musk revealed specific details of his proposed bid, which is made up of $25.5 billion in financing, the board members unanimously approved the bid. And now Twitter's shareholders will vote to approve the deal. Um, And to add on, Musk has been pretty outspoken, calling for changes to relax content restrictions on Twitter, make algorithms open source, and crack down on spam bots. And Musk has also had numerous tweets since the announcement addressing free speech. One, for example, called out Truth Social, an app that launched February of this year by Trump Media and Technology Group. That showed it as number one in the Apple Store, beating Twitter and TikTok apps. And in one other tweet, Musk wrote, I hope that even my worst critics remain on Twitter because that is what free speech means. And since the announcement on Monday, Twitter has been flooded with user reports of high profile content or, or high profile accounts losing thousands of followers. But Twitter has said that these fluctuations are due to organic account closures. But on the other hand, some accounts on the political right, like U.S. House Rep. Majorie Taylor Greene's following, has skyrocketed. So what are your thoughts on this? I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not the right person to do it because I'm, like, politically agnostic. I, I want to be, too. <laughs> well, what, what do you think, Nicole? And, and politically, where do you lean? Do you think this is a political issue? And w- what are your thoughts? Well, I think inherently everything's political in this world. Agree. Um, But my initial thoughts are that if I was working for Twitter, I'd kind of be freaking out right now. 100%. Um, But on the other hand, I feel like everyone's freaking out, maybe for different reasons on both sides, whether you are for him buying out Twitter or against this. But I feel like if you look at the ideas that Elon has put out, or the concept that he's brought to fruition through other businesses. Like, he is a smart guy. And to be optimistic about this and think, well, what good changes can come out of him taking over Twitter mm-hmm. and not just it being a free-for-all like he tweets currently. Shep, <laughs> what about you? It's not, I mean, if anyone's unhappy about it, I feel like they just don't have to have a Twitter account. Or if they don't like that, what the changes that are made, they don't have to have a Twitter account. All right, and as a marketer, what do you think? Oh, I haven't even thought about. It. Maybe he'll fix the ad platform. <laughs> that would be amazing. I feel like he. I is, don't think he likes I don't ads. Think he, I don't think he wants ads. Like no. he doesn't need the money. So how does he want to make? He doesn't want to make doesn't money off of this. The, why would he need the money? The he advertising. He does need the money. Yeah, he he had the secure he had to financing money yeah. to get this to get here. So, so I, he needs ads. I don't fix think the ad platform. Call us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like it, he's not. 
as much at the will of advertisers as Twitter is when it was a public company or it still is a public I company. I feel like they're not at the will of advertisers though because they really would be doing a better job yeah. of making it usable. And I, th I think everybody's got like thoughts on Elon Musk and I'm going to try to, there, there are some things he does that are like meme posting and strange mm -hmm. and and I know that he was born and brought up with Asperger's as a, on the you know neuro, neurodivergent spectrum and everything like that. So again, I, I just I hope everybody knows that before they pile on. Um, but I think one I think I am personally optimistic for this um, because I think one thing he, he mentioned off the bat, the biggest problem is bots. And it's like, that's one of the biggest issues for hate and piling on and all these different things is people without names associated with their accounts, right? These are like just eggs and, you know, American flags and stuff like that going after people. And it's like, you're not real people. And he's like, I want verification. I think everybody's looking at this as like, well, this is going to be bad. It's going to be, we're going to see more people come out of this. I don't, I don't think it's even going to be a, the same access that we're like, like, Y and X axes. I think he's gonna make a new axes with yeah. it. Like he thinks so different than everybody mm -hmm. else. Like imagine if like again, I think everybody would say everybody here would say free speech is good, probably. Right? Yes. I'd say hate speech is bad. Yes. Being mean to other people is bad. Yes. Right? Like those <laughs> things are pretty pretty well, you know, agreed upon. And if you had something where you had to put your name in to be able to unlock certain, like, I think he's going to come up with different ways. Yeah. Like, you have to verify, you have to put your, your your information in, and then you can do whatever you want. You can go after this. Mm -hmm. If you're just a troll with a that's a bot, you know what? You don't, you're not a human. You don't have free speech. You're not saying, like, I can see this being so dramatically different than what everybody thinks. That's just the way that mm -hmm. he thinks. And the fact that he starts... And he's always said that the bots and the spam is the biggest problem. I think it's going to be something that nobody's expecting yeah. where it's like a verified kind of person. Yeah. So I'm, I, I also, people are like, you can't open source the algos. That's something else he wants to do. To be like, hey, when you get shadow banned or when you get this, we want to see what the algorithms actually are. I'm all for that. Like mm -hmm. people like open source is generally good. People are like, well, now people are going to be able to game the system even more. It's like literally, no, he's trying to make it a fair thing for everybody. And then he mix in some of these other things. I think it's going to be generally a lot less bots and spam. Are there still going to be jerks that are jerks out there? Yeah. But hopefully, again, he said something else like, you know, I want people to be able to interact in any way that's, that's upheld by the law, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and again, you can be mean to people and that's within the law, that's where I don't know what about what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. I hope it's not the case. Yeah. But at least if you're like, hey, here's my name. This is who I am. You're not some random ag just, you know, hating all over the internet. So I think that's good. And then I think the other thing is he's got so much of his money into here, you would think he'd really want this thing to succeed. Like he had to take out loans. It's $44 mm -hmm. billion. Dollars. Like he's in debt to buy this now. This has got to be a major thing for him. And you would think that he'd be like, I probably don't want to lose all this money. I would want to make something that is inclusive and, you know, a, a happy place for all. So that's my thing. I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised mm -hmm. with some of the bot stuff. And I really hope he does more authentication and verification of people. And that's like a, a key that people have yeah. because you have, like, you don't see people on LinkedIn that have their full name ever you know, talking crap because mm -hmm. you have your name on there.
I just think we have no idea what's going to happen, and I'll have an opinion when we see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be something completely different than what everybody else is yeah. whining about now. Like, I think it's going to be something he 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 got to space and is arguably one of the most important people in climate change. I'd say, like, our single handedly stopping moved us. Change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Single handedly moved us. You off made it sound emission. like he was like the bad guy. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, unbelievable what yeah. he's done with Tesla, mm-hmm. and I think everybody would agree with that. Anyway, we'll see what happens. But if there's full of hate, then hack him. Yeah. Get him out of here. That's why I'm not then on I'm Reddit. Off <laughs> but also, if you're a brand, like, you might want to consider, like, if you're really, mm-hmm. if this really goes south, maybe work on your LinkedIn more. Like, get going on that. You don't really have great options. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, where else could you go? But what brands are really killing it on Twitter, Wendy's? good point <laughs> I, guess. I, I, I guess feel like it's influencer. not a great space mm-hmm. for brands already for you personally yes like maybe linkedin is going to be a better a better yeah. case to go if you're trying to build your personal brand build your profile maybe if you shied away from linkedin start working on so it. you're talking about the ppc chatters of the world sure yeah yeah, yeah. or join us in discord community.marketingoclock.com <laughs> but you're the tyrant that controls that shop no i'm not <laughs> i have a click up task to check it once a day or else I'd forget. <laughs> I do my best. What else is happening this week? All right. From Greg Finn at Search Engine Land, there is, I just have a quick update here on Google ad extension upgrades. Many, they're, they're out in most accounts, many accounts, most accounts. I don't know the percentage of it, but the old extensions as of April 31st will all be migrated to the upgraded extensions. So if you have not looked at these or played around with these, they should be in your account. Um, again, they will be in your account as of May 1st. And so there's a few different things to consider. I don't think we went through it fully, but with the new extensions, you can pause them, which is a big deal. So I think that's the big takeaway here. You can pause an extension and it won't impact your ad um, performance, essentially is what they said. So that's one thing. Another thing is with these new upgrades, y- any thing higher. So the highest level is an account level, then campaign level, then ad group level. Any site link, or I think it's site links, it's callouts and structured snippets. Anything higher can make it down to an ad group. Mm-hmm. So if you have an ad group and you've got six different site links in there, hypothetically, anything above from a campaign or an account can make its way down into that ad group. So account. if you had everything at the campaign level before, but you're opted in to automated stuff higher, now it can start trickling down, right? Anything can. Oh, wow. Yep. It's that's just a feature now. And then lastly, there's a few things going away. Not anything you really care about. It's like device preference for mobile, certain ending call extensions. Um, but the bigger thing is if you're looking for any of that extension data, it will not be there in the normal interface. It will just be in the predefined reports. So in predefined reports, you'll see extensions that are upgraded and then extensions themselves. So you'll want to go to just extensions if you want to see historical data. You just need to go to report to do it. And it just seems like it's like a needed thing because, oh, you also see automated um, extensions in there. It just seems like it's like a, a upgrade in general of everything so that everything can kind of like be in this new format. So, you know, whenever there's anything that moves to a new format and you have to go look in a different place for the old data because it's a new product. So... I think overall this will be great and love to see it. Now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. 
This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. All right. And from Cody Plofker at Cody Ploff on Twitter, he writes, don't listen to anyone that says Murr is pointless. If you're not familiar with Murr, it's marketing efficiency ratio. It takes a look at your sales over your ad spend. Um, so he says, don't listen to anyone that says Murr is pointless. Don't listen to anyone who says Murr is your only metric to care about. Honestly, just don't listen to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Everybody gets too caught up metrics. I love all the metrics. If all the metrics are looking good, you're in good shape. Don't just attach your wagons to one, especially Murr. Because it takes a lot of organic stuff and earned, you know, out of the equation. Mm -hmm. But I love it. Thank you, Cody. And I have another take from Mike Ryan at Mike Ryan Retail. He said, Greg Finn contributing to Search Engine Land is the best thing to happen to SEM this year. Take. Newsflash. SEM is in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mike, though. Appreciate that. Now it's time for this week's ICYMI. ICYMI, people. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked but you shouldn't have. I see why my people from Colin Slattery at CJ Slattery on Twitter. He had a question for PPC chat this week. He said, curious what other PPCers do in terms of account inheritance hygiene. Do you remove old campaigns or just leave things paused? So there was a lot of great conversation here. I just pulled a few people's points out. Queen Jill Saskingale said, I never delete campaigns, keywords, or ads, only pause. I want to ensure they're easy to find and record all of that historical data. Tim Jensen said, valid point. I do delete old ads sometimes and the random disapproval notifications for pause ads get annoying. Menaham Ani said, I never delete anything. We typically build on old campaigns instead of building from scratch, but not always. We pause anything we don't want active. That makes me nervous. He's brave. I get nervous that I'll miss something that they set up. Oh, see, I usually Z it out, like put a Z That's in front, what, yeah, yeah, and then turn it to um, turn it to like one cent for a budget mm -hmm. or something. So you can just exclude. You can have a filter in your campaigns mm -hmm. that, like, if anything starts with Z, you're not going to see it. And, and it, it goes on, to the bottom too. Yeah, mm -hmm. and if it turns on, you spend a cent. Yeah. So mm -hmm. like, John Kagan had a great thought too. He said, "I photograph me deleting crappy work, make it into a GIF, and send it to the old agency." <laughs> Thanks, Sean. <laughs> Now it's time for this week's pew pew lightning round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts, paid, organic, and social. Getting into the paid universe this week, Chris Ridley at C underscore J Ridley has an update. He really is on his honeymoon this time and he's still updating us. He says, I went into Google ads today to set up a campaign experiment and I was pretty pleasantly surprised to see Google ads now provides the option to automatically sync changes made in your base campaign with your experiment campaign. This is amazing. We heard about this, I think, when they changed how experiments worked a few months ago. I haven't seen it in action. This just things mm -hmm. that make sense, you know, that mm -hmm. TikTok trend that Killer loves so much. <laughs> she made us do it around our office. Thank you, Chris Ridley. Okay, and an update from Google Ads. In June 2022, Google update the enforcement procedures for repeat violations with the addition of nine policies in scope of the Stripe 
strike based system. So this is the three strikes you're out. You get like warnings, you're paused for a few days. And then if you do it three times, it's really four times because um, you get a warning. Your account suspended. So basically, you can look this up and find all nine categories. If you're advertising mail or order brides, you're out of luck. I don't get what's in this thing. Did you look at the at the what's in there? What's in the list? Yeah. Yeah, mail order brides. Right. But like a credit repair service? What are people supposed to do? I've worked with credit repair services before, like the most reputable one ever. I'm not going to give a free plug. <laughs> like they save people's lives. And they're just not allowed to advertise on Google. I guess it's, yeah, you just can't. And then it's like a personal loan, like. Because I, I feel like people just ruin it for everyone else. Mm. There's so many crappy credit repair services that just take people's money. Jen Shaw. Whoa, who's that? Okay, so from Real Housewives oh. of Salt Lake City. She was on season one and she has so much money and she's married to this assistant coach at a Utah college and everyone's like, how do you have so much Fendi, Louis Vuitton in your closet? It just didn't add up. So then she comes on the reunion. She says she has this marketing agency and we own the algorithm or something. I'm sitting there like, listen, telling all my friends, this doesn't add up, okay? Yeah. Comes out a year later, she's in this massive scheme with like telemarketing and selling lists. Well, she'd be banned. For credit repair. No, call directories and forwarding services. Oh, oh. she's banned. Yeah, she's going to go to jail. Sorry, Jen Shaw. Okay. And it- also like clickbait. <laughs> <laughs> How do you tell what's clickbait? Click here. I don't know. That's weird. That's a weird one. Mm-hmm. Like there, the, a lot of these things are like, it's like compensated sexual acts. I understand what that is. Right? <laughs> okay, Mail good. order brides. I'm glad you didn't ask me about that one. I understand what that one is. Clickbait? What about mail order grooms? Great mm, point, Shep. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. This ain't right. Not right. Sexist. Mm-hmm. Okay. They exist, too. <laughs> they do. Have you ever seen that 90 show? 90 Day Fiance. 90 Day Fiance. I haven't oh, yeah. seen a lot of it. Have you? Do you watch it? I watch it. I used to watch it, but now I don't. I don't know a ton, but Rianne from Cypress North yeah. turned me on to Big Ed. Oh, Big Ed, yeah. He has a big following. I'm going to use your joke and I'm going to tweet it out and see if anybody likes this. Okay. Yeah. Mail order grooms? Yeah. Okay. Mail order grooms, okay. I really read that and I was like, I can't believe they're not canceled. Seriously. Okay. Now we have an update from Julie Bacini. She shared an article from her at Neptune Moon Twitter account from CNBC. And it's talking about what consumers plan to cut back on um, as the price for everything goes up, basically. So she's just giving a hot tip for anyone in PPC if you're advertising in any of these categories. What do you guys think people are planning on cutting back on? Well, I already looked at it. Oh, you did? I didn't look yeah. at it, so I'll go. I bet that they're going to cut back on travel because of gas prices. They said cancel a trip or vacation 40%, cut back on driving 42 Check. I bet they will cut back but if you just said travel that's an easier way to say it like but cancel a trip i already planned that's different like i feel like the way this was worded was confusing Mm -hmm. or cut back on driving like you gotta go to work yeah Mm -hmm. i don't know i mean not not people don't drive anymore people don't economy (laughs) yeah yeah what was number one i drive cut back on dining out not me And from Dario Zanoni, he says, I don't know who needs to hear this. I needed to hear this. 
But Google Ads now explains why served costs might be higher than the spending limits in the budget report. I think they had a problem with this recently and needed to improve this because they were getting so many questions because I had a problem in my account last week where um, it spent more than two times its daily budget in a day. But basically it has a little disclaimer. It says your serve cost is the total cost of all clicks and impressions a campaign received before we apply download adjustments to reflect your spending limits. In rare circumstances, your serve cost may exceed your spending limits. Don't worry, you never pay more than your spending limits. What a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> and your spending limits are two times your daily budget in a given day or 30.4 times your average daily budget in a given month because nothing makes sense in Google Ads. Okay, from Andrew Hutchinson for Social Media Today, Twitter announces a full ban on climate change denial in ads. I'm glad you don't deny climate change, Andrew Hutchinson, but you do deny marketing a clock. It's true. So maybe you could just work on that. <laughs> but would this be something that, that would be allowed with Elon? I think so. I think he's been very vocal about climate change. But then that's a good point. If he's all for free speech, he's got to let people say that climate change isn't real. But if, again, my thing is like if, if there's accountability and you can yeah. see what company this comes from and then more importantly, who's behind it? Is it like big oil? Is it GM mm -hmm. or somebody mm -hmm. that's behind this climate change denial? I don't know. And then if you want, want to laugh, the John Oliver um, climate change denier convention, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. Hysterical. Okay. Sounds like a fun time. Okay. Now we have an article from Marketing Brew by Ryan Barwick. And this is based on research from a ad fraud detection company called Deep Sea. So it says, new research, if you bought traffic on Yahoo properties between 2021 and February 22, it could have been paid users or visitors from porn or pi piracy. So this is a kid's show. I know. Also, like the pirate in that sentence with that just made me think of things. So then <laughs> it starts. He's really funny. What What's a problem advertisers and Angelinos have in common? Bad traffic. Researchers suggest that traffic from what the industry often considers invalid was flowing to Yahoo-owned sites. So here's how it works. He says, say you're in the mood to enjoy some uh, adult content or a pirated copy of Sonic the Hedgehog 2. When a user visits a specific URL, a trigger is pulled to either open another tab in your browser or in a new window that pop, pops up under the content you're watching. That new window would play your ad on a Yahoo-owned property, and then you'd have to pay for that ad. In other cases, visitors were being paid to visit Yahoo sites. And then he says that they tested it and they were paid to go to um, that. Wait, it's an app I have on Roku that is always annoying me. It's called. Swagbucks? No, it's not. Pluto TV. It's like a conspiracy theory. <laughs> and now I'm proved. Every time my daughter takes the remote, all of a sudden Pluto TV is up on the TV. It's like a fake streaming service. They were paid to go watch it to see how to lose a guy in 10 days. They should get lost like the planet did. You know? <laughs> Wait, what? Pluto. It's not a planet anymore. Oh, my God. <laughs> but the real question is, like, this fellow, Ryan, <clears throat> was saying, you're in the mood for the adult content or Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Do you think there's a crossover somewhere out there? Yes, mm -hmm. I think there's a huge crossover. Gross. I think we're getting an insight into his brain, maybe. <laughs> But also, you don't need to pay someone to to watch How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. It's an amazing film. I'll watch it for free. It's great. Yeah. Unbelievable. 
So I just love that story. <clears throat> Top 10 rom-com. Totally. Top Have we five. ever done that draft? No, we should. Okay. I'm taking that first, though. Okay. I'll remember that. I will go first. From the Google Ads developers blog, if you're a developer currently using the AdWords API, basically you're in trouble because it was officially sunset on April 27th and requests for the API will fail. So good luck to you. RIP WordStream. And from Barry Schwartz for Search Engine Roundtable, he says Google and Microsoft Bing search ad revenue are both up about 22%. So originally, this was an article from the street. It says Google stocks slump as weaker YouTube ad sales mar Q1 earnings, $70 billion, $70 billion buyback addition softens blow. So basically, search ad revenue went from went up about 21% for Google, and Microsoft Bing search ad revenue went up 23%. That's crazy. I thought they had smart bidding. <laughs> Wouldn't you think that with all the smart bidding in the world that these numbers will go down? What is happening? Um, no, because the smart bidding is to make them more money. It's smart for them. Wait, you're telling me that if I trust the company that's trying to hit revenue numbers, that they're not going to lower my costs? I'm sorry. Weird. Okay. <laughs> also, that Neil guy that takes the the oh, short videos guy. on his Poor chair. Neil. No, that guy does not know how to make shorts. He does not know how to run YouTube. With this quarter, he should step down. It is unfathomable that YouTube can't hit their numbers. And then they blame it on TikTok in Russia in in, in the Are European you clients. kidding? Not to mention, don't forget they're running ads on people who aren't eligible for YouTube partners and taking all the exactly. money. Exactly. And they're not making their revenue goals. It's, What's happening? That is the most poor Susan with Jackie. Sorry, Susan. Bring the dislike back and step down. Everybody should be stepping down there. They have not seen a worse job for a product. They're like, oh, the competition is good. Look, you're, you're YouTube. You're the only video game in town and you've not figured out. And you're still, I log in anywhere and say, like, you want YouTube TV or you want YouTube premium. Mm -hmm. No, nobody wants that. Focus on the creators. Focus on making things easier. That's it. And the algorithm is terrible on the TV app. Awful. It's like it doesn't. It's all it's videos so, I've already seen. It doesn't relate. It's like there's just such a. Di it's a completely different team. Awful. It should be the number. One, it should be the number one. It should be better, bigger than Netflix. Yeah, which is mm -hmm. not saying much today. Speaking of Google Ads re revenue, we have a tale from PPC Reddit. This says this is from user Texas finds. I just started a small business. Second time getting this email. Here's the email. Finish signing up with a free one-on-one -on -one consultation. Call this number to get started with Google Ads with a Google Ads expert. Finish getting your business on Google. Talk to one of our experts. And the title of the post is, what is this and what is the purpose behind it? Their revenue. Ads seems too much to Google learn. Ads. Google Ads seems too much to learn. If everyone could just learn it, they would. That's an excellent point. I, I don't know if I have five minutes to do a, a rant on this, but yeah, just go for it. Everything that they do is under the guise of simplicity. Tell me how performance max is simple. Tell me how it's is not. that? Simple? We're all trying to figure out how, how it works with our other campaigns and we don't have an answer. I've done this since the inception of Google ads. I worked on overture. I've never seen a product dumber than performance max. The fact that you need to figure out what auto detected audiences are versus 
Google detected audiences in a smart shopping campaign. You have to figure out what smart shopping is versus performance max and performance max sort of does shopping, but it really doesn't, but it takes in local accounts. We put a, a location in, but it's not a local ad. It is, there's nobody under the plan. Agencies are like, well, Google's trying to replace us. There's no way that an agency can be replaced with the way that Google, how difficult Google ads is. You can set something up with everything that they say to do and it just won't spend. It's like, oh, this is smart bidding. Oh, but it won't spend. It is the dumbest, they've turned it into the worst platform ever and it comes from somebody that loves, loves Google ads. And they're just, I don't know how anybody could learn this. How could you learn this without some kind of mentor? You can't even report on it. I can't. Is it me? <laughs> Is it try. me, Nicole? How do you explain some of these things? Like, how do you explain conversions versus all conversions and all these things? You don't. Not even from their courses, their free courses they offer, which, which suck. I have incorrect information in it. I re-up my certifications. <laughs> not this going to do anything. Same. I'm with this person though. Like. Mm-hmm. Everything that they've said about making Google ads easier is not true. It is not true. And the downside, downfall is long-term. It's not in the next quarter. The next quarter might be 23% up again. But when we're talking about 2032, revenue is going to be non-existent. Nobody's going to be using this platform when they turn into a hot piece of automated garbage. It's great for my job outlook. Do you have better <laughs> we'll be news? on the next one. There's something good. <laughs> Elon's coming. Maybe he'll give us something. Okay. Do you have better news for us in organic? No. no yeah, I do. I do. I do. Um, all right. So first off, from Barry Schwartz over on Search Engine Roundtable, former host of the show, he writes, it's gone. The Google Search Console URL parameter tool is now offline. We heard about this coming. It's now just gone. There's a link to the tool, and it's funny. It just says, when you click on where it used to be, it says, this report is no longer available here. Learn more. That is so dramatic. You didn't need the word here, <laughs> right? Like, why put here in there? They just say this report's no longer available. Like, I don't know. Because somebody's going to go looking for it. You're like, it's not here. Well, where is it? When you're writing as many articles as Barry is, you can't worry this about is Google. things. Oh. <laughs> they should use I know they can't use machine learning and everything. Maybe they should have because it might have done a better job. All right, from Barry Adams. Ooh, Barry off here today. <gasps> At B Adams on Twitter. Love him or hate him. It says, it looks like after a lengthy transition period, writers have finally killed off their AMP articles across the board. No measurable negative impact on traffic and visibility, period. Delete AMP, period. I'm with him. I Look, AMP's a disaster. And Google pushed it and is in court for it because they pushed it too hard and cheated, allegedly. All right, and from Barry Schwartz over on Search Engine Land, Google Spam Brain is here, the AI-based spam prevention system, and it launched back in 2018. We just have more information. It's the first time we've heard the name Spam Brain. So this is different than Rank Brain or Brain Labs or whatever brain you want to or think Or Galaxy of. Brain. Galaxy Brain. Um, and it's called Spam Brain. And according to this article, Google can use Spam Brain to catch six times more spam in 2021 than in 2020, and it reduced the hacked spam by 70%, uh, and reduced gibberish spam by 75%. So you can check it out and learn more about that. Um, over on Search Engine Land, Barry has another article. This is titled, 
Is the Google Business Profile Manager going away for multi-locations businesses as well? It appears so. So if you've been managing um, that business profile, if you remember, you could still have that when you've got like franchisees and multiple locations. It appears that's going away. Somebody got a message saying managing your business profile is moving to search and maps. I swear, none of these engineers have ever used these products. The search and maps and trying to manage your business profile is an absolute disaster. Nobody wants this. Nobody wants to log into Google Maps and and, and search for their company. It's really bizarre. It's so incredible. And then you just get these messages, and I've got to respond to these messages, and Google has a massive spam problem with their business listings, for the record. Um, And you just have to log into Maps to respond. It stinks. Awful. Again, these people have never set up a business. That's just what it is. All right. And from Claire Carlisle, best popular from the Azeem Digital Ask Show, most recent episode. Go check it out on your favorite podcast player. Claire says, offer posts are now appearing in a deals tab on the Google business profile on mobile. So if you have offers, it may show up now as deals. At least Claire saw that live. And next up from Bloomberg, Amazon is targeting their rival Shopify with a new buy with Prime service. So this will allow merchants to sell products that they list with the e-commerce giants um, directly on their own websites. So hoping to be like, all right, you've got your site. You can just buy it, buy it on Amazon or buy with Amazon, I believe. Isn't it buy this with is Prime. new. I swear to God, I bought my husband pants on this last weekend from a bar. I've seen it before. I bought. I went with to Bird before. Dogs and checked out with Amazon. This is technically buy with Prime, so it uses Amazon payments and fulfillment. So I think that's the difference. I guess. Like I think if you're selling, I, I don't know. I love the Shopify shop. Yeah, let Shopify be. Leave Shopify alone. All right, and from Christina on our Discord channel, community.marketingoclock.com. She says she found this from Mailchimp. A heads up, the shoppable landing pages will retire this summer. So if you're using shoppable landing pages, you'll no longer be able to use the payment blocks. So you might need to find a different element. And then there's a whole hullabaloo on Twitter with some of the descriptions that people were seeing for places. Um, Bill Netto saw this the first time at Bill Vaz Netto on Twitter and said they noticed that Google wrote the description for London, so for a city. And Danny Sullivan came in on his Danny Sullivan Twitter account and said, it's not new. Some knowledge panels have descriptions by human writers at Google, as this page explains. It's been like this since at least 2018, but the slash Google attribution was added in 2020. So many people thought that they were scraping this. According to Danny, many of these are written by humans. So a whole big nothing to see here. That's it in organic. What's happening in social, Nicole? So first up in social news, LinkedIn has added a new option to showcase a link on your profile, along with new analytics tools for group posts, a video trimming feature on mobile, and a news, new newsletter display option. So specifically, that link that you can showcase in your profile, I've noticed this on a few profiles, and I think it's a really cool feature for any content creators out there that want to link out to like newsletters or podcasts or any of their blogs. And then from Ahmed Ghanem at Ahmed Ghanem on Twitter, they said Meta is testing new home UI for business Meta Business Suite, showing page cover, 
new audience and trend insights. So in the screenshot he attached, I don't know what I'm even looking at. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> Every time I go on to the business suite, it's just so overwhelming and it takes me too much time to find what I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah, just to, I mean, Killer had her first experience this week trying to log into Facebook Business Manager and it was truly <laughs> terrible. Like, it's a yeah. joke. Yeah. I mean, they really think that this is going to solve any advertiser's problem. For an agency, like, you cannot navigate it to find your clients. It's a nightmare. And what is this fashion passion culture? <laughs> <laughs> and then David Herman at Dave Herman Digital tweeted, me to Facebook. Are we ever going to fix the totals at the bottom of ads manager? Facebook to me. No, but we're building a fun and robust new made of business suite for you to be confused over instead. Oh my God. <laughs> it's probably true. He got the first honest answer out of someone there. Yeah. And then Andrew Hutchinson for social media today reported that Instagram launched a live test of pinned post on posts on users' profiles. So some Instagram users are able to select a pin to your profile option on their post and enable them to dock their chosen updates to the top of their post grid on the profile display. So this is kind of similar to the ability that exists already to pin a story to story highlights on your profile and users will be able to pin up to three posts on their grid. Nice. Then Matt Navara at Matt Navara on Twitter noticed TikTok is adding the ability to edit your profile via desktop. Great for brands. Great for killer. <laughs> <laughs> and Instagram is testing templates, which is a new feature that allows Reels creators to use the same format as other videos, but this is only available to a small group of creators as it's still in beta testing. This feature is similar to TikTok's templates, which allow users to plug in their own photos into a preset format. I just gotta say, I'm so tired of Instagram trying to copy what TikTok's doing in an effort to like save their platform mm -hmm. from losing engagement. And I'd rather just see them tapping into what makes them unique and just making it better. I mean, why don't you go there? You should help Elon Musk at Twitter, too. That's great <laughs> advice. And then finally, The Verge reported that the EU has agreed on broad terms of the Digital Services Act, or DSA, which will force tech companies to illegal, remove illegal content and goods more quickly, explain to users and researchers how their algorithms work, and will take stricter, stricter action on spread of misinformation. So companies that violate this will face fines of up to 6% of their annual turnover for non-compliance, and then rules will apply to all companies either 15 months after the act is voted into law or starting January 1st, 2024, whichever is later. Nice, and on to our segment segment here. We've got a quiz show. It's the Influencer Quiz Show, and I'm pitting Nicole against Shapir. There was a tweet from Dennis on Twitter. His full name is Dennis Hegstad. So at Dennis Hegstad, he's got a screenshot from an influencer. Don't look anybody here. This influencer had a Reels play that apparently went pretty viral. 
11.2 million plays on this reel. Okay. All right. And I'm just going to get, we'll go on CPMs because that's sort of what we deal with here. On average, a CPM, according to Dennis, like a, a, might be like $6 is what an advertiser will pay for that. So again, one or 11 million views. What do you think the CPM is or what do you think that they got paid? Whatever you want to. Wait, so it's a sponsored content? It's how real? much the creator got paid for the From real. the brand. From Instagram. Oh, was this one of those new ads? It's Instagram okay. paying influencers to use reels. Oh, I'm sorry. Give me the numbers one more time. So on average, if an advertiser is trying to buy a thousand views, it's six bucks. What do you think they paid the influencer for those thousand views? I feel like it's low. I have no idea where you're going with this. All right, Nicole. It's go. either really high or really low. I'm going to go high. So um, $50. $50. I'm going 51 I don't $51? know. $51? <laughs> I can't tell which way you're going with this okay. if it's like okay. they didn't or, pay okay. anything. Maybe it's just pennies. Okay, so what you're saying is I was just playing okay, yeah, yeah, do the math. Times 11 million well, yeah, it yeah. would be 11,000 oh, yeah, because right. that's how many thousands are. CPM. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it would be 11,000 times 50 is what you're saying. Wait, that seems like a lot now. Yeah, so you're it's saying that for that reel that they paid the influencer $550,000. And you're saying that they paid $500,000. <laughs> you're both wrong. I have no idea. That influencer made 1200 bucks. The CPM that they were paid basically was not $50, it was 12 cents. So it was low. Very low. Why are they paying people to use reels? Because nobody wants reels. Yeah, nobody wants it. You know what all reels are? Just copies of TikToks. I didn't realize that was a confirmed thing that they were paying no, for people sure. to use reels. I watched reels. this one person that makes like table, like um, it, it, they're sort of like those ocean tables. She just shares all of her stuff. She can only do reels. So they say, money. make a reel and we're going to pay you per view. Yep. Or well, no, CPM. Well, they're going to pay you for your reels, what you did. So for a reel with 11 million views, they paid 1200 bucks. Yikes. Not great. But again. They, I'm sorry your game didn't go no, well. Real. I just panicked. <laughs> I wouldn't expect anything else. All right. And lastly here, we've got must see TV. If you haven't fired your cathode ray TV up lately, you will not want to miss the great Google ads debate where Amalia Fowler is meeting Queen Jill Saskin Gales live on YouTube. And you can hear what happens when, when Jill, who is an ex Googler, again, I'm not exactly sure what, um, where she was at Google and a machine learning lover meet a Google critic who loves control, which is Amalia. It sounds fiery. Yes. It's like reality TV. Yep. So you can get a link to it over at community.marketingclock.com or sign up for a newsletter, marketingclock.com for a slash newsletter. You will not want to miss it. And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for working hard or hardly working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. Um, I alluded to this last week, but I would just like to bring it up again that the keyword search, you know, you use close variants in your search engine, Google and Microsoft advertising, but you can't use it when I'm looking for columns in my reports 
to know when I type in quality score, you should match that with qual score. (laughs) (laughs) So I couldn't find it for a long time. Okay. What about you, Nicole? Um, so hardly working the experiments tab in Google. I love the way that you don't have to set up drafts first before pushing, pushing an experiment live anymore. But why do you have to go to all campaigns? Then you have to go down to the experiments thing in the sidebar. And then you have a list of all these campaigns. And if I'm running like experiments in all these campaigns, I can't compare them in one dashboard. I have to open up every single campaign in a different tab. And you don't even get like to add columns. You only get like four columns to see and compare. Very frustrating. I'm sorry that you experienced that. Yeah. (laughs) Greg. Something working hard for me is killer by way of Instagram reels. I know we just hacked all over it, but when we put out, the killer cuts up a bunch of stuff where it's sort of like funny clips and things like that. And when she puts them on reels, the reach is unbelievable. Like they're really pushing reels. So if you haven't put your videos up there, you may want to check it out and see how much more reach you can get. And now for this week's cool tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And is really, really cool. And this week's Cool Tool was spotted by Glenn Gabe. Google tweeted out that you can now embed all Google Trend real-time charts and visuals to share and publish online. So it looks super easy. You can just click the little carrot embed symbol on the visual you want to embed. And you can choose whether you want the data to update live or freeze it the way you see it when you embed. And then you just copy the embed code into your CMS. Thank you, Glenn Gabe. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. All right, and this week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from Foundation, uh, foundationinc.co is the location that you can see it. And there's an article by Nathan Giacomo, and it's called An Inside Look into How ClickUp Went from Zero to 20 Million ARR in Two Years. It's a little different than our usual must-read marketing articles, but I thought it was great. They talked about the most viable product and how that helped get them Uh, users and really learnings. And then there was a really cool part in there as well where they had like a search scorecard and they talked about all the long tail terms and just basically how they built this thing. We use ClickUp. I don't know if we'd recommend ClickUp. Would you recommend ClickUp? We use it. We use it. (laughs) But if you want to see this, it's just a very, very well done look at how you can build a software as a service uh, product. So much information. Everything you need to know, if you're in the SaaS business, check this out. Thank you, Nathan. Speaking of long tail keywords, cease and desist on the furry fun fact. What is this image? (laughs) So I'm no just bud, but I decided I needed to search out a good fun fact, furry fun fact for this week. So did you know that... (laughs) According to one study they found, rats can lift objects that weigh nearly a pound. Wow. Which is more than the average rat's body weight. So if we put the picture I put in our notes up, you can see their rats that are lifting weights. Isn't it cute? (laughs) So disturbing. (laughs) 
I thought we were going to abstain from that this week without Jess, but thank you, Nicole. And now onto our playlist of curated songs to work to. You can head over to playlist.marketingoclock.com to listen to Marketing a Playlist. Nicole, what is your song? You haven't been here in a bit. I know. So I'm bringing a little Rochester indie music to Marketing O'Clock. And my song of the week is Turning Into Water by Maybird. Wow. All right. I'm going to keep it here with water. I'm going to go with If We Were Made of Water by Banks. I'm going to go with um, Dancing on My Own by Vitamin String Quartet, made popular by season two of Bridgerton, which I'm just in the thick of. It really is a nice playlist to work to. You know anything what she said there, Nicole? Any yeah, idea? I think she it does. It's by Robin originally, right? Yeah. And it's a cover. It's an orchestral yeah. cover. It's really good. You don't watch Bridgerton? No. Okay, well, everyone's canceled. <laughs> She's got a whole theater going on in her building. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topic, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we covered. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. Welcome to this week's Shoot in the Heck. We're after our famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the heck. Today we have a game that some people will tolerate. It's everybody's favorite game. It's called Late Nights with Greg. It's apparently not poke holes in this. No. But it sounds like it. These are just thoughts. Like late night weird thoughts that when I start feeling these thoughts, it means like, hey, my brain is so tired, I should be in bed. So I guess the question is, some of them are questions, but... Should I go to bed or are these thoughts worth exploring? Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. All right. So first up, you have a choice. What would you rather be? A fish in a home aquarium or a bird in a cage? What would you be? I would say a bird in a cage. I think you have a better chance of escaping. Nicole? I think I would rather be a fish in a tank like in a home aquarium because I feel like the conditions would be much better and why would I want to escape? They literally eat their own feces. So what, what would you be? The when bird? did this turn into travel, buddy? <laughs> it's not travel. You're not taking Yeah, I would pick the bird. Sometimes they can talk. My thought is like, at least I got a shot of escaping. Like but have least... we ever thought we wanted to stay because it was just so comfortable and no. the conditions Stop were nice? Stockholm Syndrome? It's a... a, a <laughs> 24-inch by 12-inch aquarium. Oh, I'd rather be a bird then. Also, I don't like being underwater. You can't breathe. I mean, if well, you were a fish, <laughs> that's where you get your air. <laughs> if you were a fish, you could, but I just don't like that feeling. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely bird in a cage. So okay. keep thinking. All right, mm-hmm. keep thinking. Here's another one. You know how there are things that people just associate with a brand? Like you'd be like, hey, just Google that. Or like, can yeah. you pass me the Kleenex mm-hmm. or something like that? I'm sure there's a word for it. I don't know what it is off the top of my mind. I thought of one that changed in my lifetime when I was driving home. So I wasn't actually late at night. Do you remember when things used to be called Cliff Notes? Like, do you have the Cliff Notes version of that? Has changed to Spark Notes. Actually, spark yes. Spark Notes that's, won. That's good. Wow, that's my mind's good. being blown. Only mm-hmm. time I've ever seen that reversed. I never mm-hmm. thought about that. Really good. You thought. say just bing it. Well, I do for <laughs> jokes. <laughs> like, okay. That's actually a really mm-hmm. good point. Thank you. Thank you. All right. What 
this is this is a weird one. I'm not gonna do that one. So here's another one. Do you think that the government has an HR department? <laughs> Absolutely. Do they have yeah, a, do they have yes. HR each branch? Well, what How is, does that what work? Is, yeah, I was gonna ask what's your definition of government? Like are we talking state level, county level, federal? I'm saying like what if what if what if somebody very high up a senator or something says something inappropriate? Did you have like an HR you I go think to? So. Like the Senate HR? Well you just go I to just... Linda Tripp. You like never see like oh it's an mm-hmm. HR manager for the government right. like there's got to be somebody that's mm-hmm. in charge of HR for the that's, government it's weird that's like appointed if it well if it's appointed then it's not it shouldn't be HR and like right? what happens if it's the president exactly it's the people the people are the HR oh. yeah oh. the voters oh, I like that all right do you think that other drinks are jealous of the Moscow Mule for having such a cool glass. <laughs> Yes. No. Like name another drink. You can't drink a Moscow Mule in a cup. You need that little copper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but everyone steals them from the bar, and then mm-hmm. the bar has to take them off the menu. Like what drink has their own cup other than a Moscow Martini? Mule? Okay, that's a good point. Champagne flute. <laughs> okay, okay. You can't. The Real Housewives say you can't have champagne in a solo cup. You have to have it in a champagne flute. It's inappropriate. Okay. Good point. That might might, might have been a bad one. Here's a, here's a good one. When you're eating a vegetable, it's dead, correct? Like even though you could plant those seeds and there's life in those seeds, if you eat like a cherry tomato, that's dead, correct? I think so. How do you, when does a plant, like when is it dead? I think when you pick it. So how does that work then? If you eat it off of the vine, are you eating the vegetable while it's alive? It's alive at some point. Okay, but what are you? The vine doesn't have any roots attached to. It. Are you saying that the vines are like in the no, ground? The, vi- too? the vine is in the ground. It's 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 oh, like okay. apple tree. Got you it. eat apple Got right it. off the tree. Are you mm-hmm. eating a live apple? Yes, but if but, the apple is in the grocery store, you're also killing it when you eat it. So at some point, that fruit or vegetable is alive, right? Mm-hmm. And then the minute it comes off of the vine or the branch, is when it dies. Or the no. minute you take a bite of it. When you take a bite, or it rots. And the cells are dead inside. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think it's dead as soon as you take it off the vine. We disagree. So you're against people eating fruit right from the branch? No. So you're okay with people eating live fruit? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's live fruit. What's the big deal? Do fruit have feelings? No. Okay. Another thought I had was I want you to try to explain the flavor of this to an alien that lands on Earth and has never tried this food before. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who's first? Me. Dr. Pepper. I don't really <laughs> like Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper is like a spicy Coke. <laughs> <laughs> They've never had Coke, right? No. Okay, so it's bubbly and syrupy. You can't do and it. And kind of spicy. It's impossible. Who could? Nobody. All right, Nicole, can you explain the taste of an avocado? Um, it's creamy <laughs> and that one's easier. Doesn't has a slight sour flavor aftertaste. You think so? I think. Or is it bitter? Maybe I was bitter. Say it doesn't have a lot of flavor. It doesn't. But it feels yeah. it's very like soft and yeah. smushy. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Is that it? (laughs) Uh, I think that's it. 
So, How would you explain a Diet Coke? I, I have no idea. Like I, I was just thinking about it one night, and this like Dr Pepper. It tastes like nothing else out there. Yeah, gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, weird. <laughs> All right. Well. Okay. Well, thanks for playing. I should go to bed. <laughs> yes, you definitely should, and we'll see you next week.